0: Hello to all our listeners and welcome to Fulham Focus. I'm Don Love and once again I have the privilege of being your host this week. This week we'll look back at the Palace match and discuss not only the bad but more importantly the good to take away from the game. We'll also continue with our mini quiz series along with look at the Spurs' upcoming fixture. Lastly but not least, we'll briefly talk about the Fulham Focus Fantasy League. And we hope most of you are participating in this. If not, we hope you'll join us. Joining me today as co-host will be Mark Watt. Hi there. Also joining us is John McCormick, aka J Mac. Hey, hello. So, gentlemen, not the outcome that we wanted when it came to the match. We we really would have hoped for a better result. Obviously, you know we were playing against Hodgson, and we know that he really organizes his team well. Initial thoughts there, Mark, on how we did.
1: Uh. Oh, it's 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 difficult, and and even, and even talking about it now, it it, it is it is tough. But like most people agreed, you know, the first half an hour, I thought we were excellent. We we stuck to our our game plan. We passed the ball well, and and we moved it around the pitch nicely. But you know, when uh, uh when Schlupp got that 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 first goal for Crystal Palace, it, it really knocked the stuffing out of us a little bit, and we we kind of lost our lost our way a bit. So it was a game of mixed emotions, really. I mean. It was so great to be back in the league and, and it and it was fantastic. You know, the atmosphere was so good. But yeah, definitely a, a bittersweet kind of kind of day for me. Um it of the the big positive definitely was the fact that, you know, I could I could see the team were were picking up where they left off. We still play the, the football we want to play. But yeah, it was definitely a, a big
0: knock uh
1: to, to go to behind.
0: And J Mac, I know you were at the game. Uh was there anything that you saw that was incredible or you know, you could think of that was really positive about the team, even though we didn't get the result we wanted? Slab out. No, I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> I personally, I was, I was feeling like
2: Mark. And then actually, I rewatched the highlights just a few minutes ago. And I feel a lot more positive now. It was a very bittersweet day, but we just got completely royed. I mean, he, he knew what to do. I mean, I'll tell you, as soon as we had to switch sides, I knew we were buggered. I just knew that something was wrong. Like we really changed the size of the teams, and I just knew that. Oh, you mean in sneaky. the very beginning? Yeah, I was a sneaky old <laughs> Roy doing his black magic.
0: I like just, <laughs> I just really, as soon as I saw that, I was like, "Well, this is it now; it's over." But <laughs> you, think, you think that was Roy uh, getting a little dig in or trying to throw us off? That wasn't uh, Fulham just not oh, paying attention and going to the wrong side. No,
2: <laughs> I think I think Roy knew what he was doing there. But I mean, I thought I I take lots of positives. I
0: take lots of positives from that performance, and. Glass half of them. You, you know, I watched the game and then I went and I did a rewatch yesterday and, and was taking notes. And I know people were, they came out crying right away about, you know, this and that and the team and how we did and woe is me. I, I was actually like you, I, I saw a lot of good positives and I actually went back. I, I saw somebody had posted this on Twitter, so I went back to, to look it up. You know, there's some really good stats that come out of this. Now, I know stats don't equal goals, but for our first game, we had Tom leading the way. Or actually, he's tied for the amount of passes in the league. He is tied with Siri, actually. So they're both tied for number two in in the amount of passes. And actually, the amount of passes they made during that game was 93. So I think that's impressive. We had, believe it or not, this, this surprised me. Lee Marchand was seventh with 84 passes. I know a lot of people were putting down Christie. They said, you know, they didn't think he had a good game. He'd be one to maybe replace for the next game. He's still in the top 30 for making passes in the league. He was 27th with 66. So I think there's a lot of great uh, things to take out of this, this match. Um, Another one was Metro, you know, he leads the way on shots. So, you know, I think there are a lot of great positives to take out of this game. I know we didn't get the result we wanted, and again, stats don't make goals or you know, the bottom line is winning. But for me, we played a very certain style, and that is slab style. Uh, they boys did very well. Their passing game, I thought, was actually much quicker than it was in the championship, when we were in the championship. We didn't always connect the ball, and that's where some of our mistakes came from. And that's where Roy really hits you hard, is with those counters. Talk about that first goal, J-Mac. Did you think that that could have been stopped, or did you think that that was just an incredible quick turn, powerful finish?
2: I thought it was. I mean, from the other end, because I'm sitting in H5, it looked like an absolute weldy from the side, just a, a fantastic shot. I mean, it was a fantastic shot. I'm not going to take anything away from it. But what I will say was, I don't think. I mean, Chambers, yes, should have got there quicker and should have handled the situation better. But also, I think Fabry could have positioned his hands in a completely, different, a completely different way. But, I mean, I can't really complain about that goal. A lot of people are. But I honestly, I think that was an amazing goal. And I, I, I didn't, feel, didn't feel bad about seeing that. I didn't really think there was
0: much we could do with that, to be honest. I thought the angle and the power that he put through that goal, the, the, I didn't think Fabry could stop it personally. You know, so I can't fault him for that goal. I read online I've, uh, through various media sources. Uh, a lot of people were blaming him, thought that he really could have done better on that goal, and especially the second goal. Uh, the second goal, what do you think, Mark? Was well, he wrong to come off his line?
1: When, when I was watching it, obviously, I'm like, J-Mac, I'm, I'm in H6, so we were right behind that for the second goal. and When he came flying out, honestly, the first thing I said was, what are you doing? You didn't need to come out, I don't think. I think... I don't think Zaha was was close enough to warrant him running out, and I agree bec- because he didn't come out quick enough either. It, he just he was in no man's land, and and credit to Zaha was a good finish. But I'm I think I'm the same as you. I, I do put him down. I think that second goal is his fault. The first one I I can't see any complaints. I mean, if you're gonna stick it top bins, at that from so close as well. David de Gea would would have a very very tough time saving that as well. So I was not I was not you know upset about that at all. I was more upset the fact that we'd actually conceded after being so dominant. But going back to that that second goal, it it was just kind of the way he ran out so quickly. It, it did annoy me a little bit. But then I I'm with you and I saw all the kind of people getting on his back on online and things like that and and it annoyed me a bit because there was a moment just before then when. There was a shot, and and it was it was one on one, and and he's got down so low, and the ball's gone to his right, and he's and he's kind of saved it with with his calf almost, and and that for me looked like I don't know if they got the um, expected goals. I know that's kind of one of the new stats that the Premier League like to have out there, but for me that that would be a, a much more of a obvious goal scoring opportunity than the than the actual Zaha goal, and he managed to save that. So I think you know six or one half a dozen of the other. So to be honest.
0: You're right. You know, he he made a big block. You know, there are positives uh, that Fabri did. He he made in like the 62nd minute. Zaha gets a breakaway and he makes uh, himself big and he did catch it with like his calf, his leg, and he makes himself a, a great block. And then there's another one in like the 90 plus minutes where he ha- actually does a full stretch, pretty good stretch to his left side, and he does another block uh, that was up higher. So. I do think, you know, there is a bit about him that, you know, looks pretty good. I'm going to just be one of those guys. I know people aren't going to like me saying this, but I didn't see anything special. And I didn't see anything that would warrant him being played over Bets. Okay. Uh, I am a Bets fan. I I love him. I loved that he... Came in the last two seasons, halfway through the seasons, and stepped up big and did a worldly job, I thought, for us. A fantastic job for us. So, for me, I'm very disappointed that he did not get in this side. Because, again, I'm not knocking for Bree. uh, I do think he was responsible for the second goal. But he didn't do anything that was like, oh, my God, you know. This has got to be our number one guy. Or this guy should be starting over bets. So, that's all I'm going to say. You know, do you guys think that... Fabri should have started over Bets real quick. Do you, do you think he, J Mac? Do you think he should have been the first uh, choice, or do you think Bets should have?
2: I personally would have picked Bets. Um, Bets has been this is this goes beyond a sort of sentimentality of him waving a flare around. It's uh, Betsanelli is just you know, there, some people have been saying that that he's not Premier League quality. How do you know? He hasn't been in the Premier League yet. Exactly. And people are in, and people are saying Sergi Rico and Fabri. Our Premier League quality. How do you know? They've never played in the Premier League. In fact, I'll go as far well as to say that the Turkish League and some parts of the Liga are inferior to the championship. So I'm just saying I don't think I think there's something else going on. Apparently there's an attitude problem with him and Slab, I'm not too sure. But I'm very disappointed that Betts didn't start. He would have far more command over the back four than Fabri did
0: that day. I would agree. Mark, anything to add?
1: Oh well, seeing as you're both, you know, loving Bet so much, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm, I've, I've got to be, uh, be honest here. Like, I, I agree. I think, I think the work Ben put into the club, and we can't, it can't be understated. You, you mentioned he came in halfway through last season, and, and he was commanding, and, and we can say all we want that he's not Champions League quality, but, or rather, not Premier Premier League quality, but. <laughs> for me I I trust in Slav and and there could be a falling out we don't know that but at the end of the day Slav has made these decisions and and they've worked and if he's felt the need not only to sign Fabry, but also to bring Rico in as well uh, and you've got to remember that obviously Betsy's dad is one of the goalkeeping coaches I mean none of these decisions are going to be taken lightly it's not a, a family affair here we're talking about business at the end of the day and we've got to do what's right for the club going on behind the scenes. so honestly if Slav feels confident that Fabry is the right man to put in goal I'm not gonna you know say that oh we should have played bets. yeah maybe he warranted it but like like people say all the time you know football isn't uh, a sport that you you need to get you know so compassionate about especially with the way that we pick the team. You just because you played well in in one game doesn't mean you'll effectively play well in the next, and it it depends what happens on the training ground, and we don't see what goes on behind those doors. And so I trust in the management to to get it right. Maybe Betts would have done a better job, but who are we to say? You know, I'll, obviously I want to see him uh, see him feature in the Premier League. I think he deserves it um but only time will tell to be honest we could be uh we could be having this conversation in six months time and be thinking wow fabry is an incredible keeper i'm so glad we stuck with him and he and he's dominant and he and he works hard and all these great things about him but we just don't know it yet so until we can get a bit more of a solid kind of you know understanding on on the keepers i'm fine with us keeping fabry in the sticks to be honest
0: so can, can I, I, I agree to that, yeah
1: go ahead Sorry, it's just to say, um, going to
2: Fabri's defence, I will say that the second goal, it was a proper Claudio Bravo moment. But Cesc set that up as well. Cesc yeah, was not agreed. marking the guy at all. And I think also Marchand completely lost track of Zaha. So in Fabri's defence, I will say that actually its he was put in that situation. He had to act fast. It was the wrong decision, but his defender should have helped him better. And I think with us wanting Bettinelli over Fabri, I think we just need to Move on now. We're watering dead flowers and it's just not going to happen. I think we just need to accept Fabry is going to be starting for a few games until proven really wrong and then Rico will come in.
0: You know, and I'm not going to argue with either one of you. I, I agree with Mark. It's Slav's decision and I'm going to trust Slav to make the decision. All I'm saying is I, I, I was sad that he didn't get the chance. I thought he deserved it. As far as that second goal, I agree. And I, I want to talk about this a little bit. Seth as a left back versus Seth playing further up on the pitch, uh, more as like uh, the, the outside wing in the midfield. When Seth dropped back to the left back, he got beat bad. He, he did set that goal up. Now it was an incredible ball that was put through, you know, where it's, it's slotted between Seth and the outside uh, or center back, and that beat both center backs. But, again, this is where I just don't think for Fabry, should have came off his line so quickly I think he should have held a little bit longer. So moving on, let's talk about a few other things on, about that game because there's a lot to talk about. I want to talk about some of the other players, that, uh, new players that were in there. Brian, uh, on the outside, I thought did a fantastic job at, for opening day. <laughs> Chambers, I thought, had a great game. Uh, I'm concerned about Brian. Brian uh him having a knock to his ankle i hope he's going to be able to play next week and that's going to bring us into when we talk later about spurs that's a little bit of a fear going into spurs i really would like brian back on that side as far as the other ones that started mark your thoughts anybody stick out in your mind as far as uh, our, our new signings or loanies that really just hit the ground running and you thought looked great
1: yeah I- quick thing on uh, Jean-Michel Serry i mean i saw again i mean twitter is never the best place to go after a game we all know that and <laughs> and you you'll find you know so many people saying completely the opposite of what you always think which is you know fun um but honestly Jean-Michel Serry I, I i can't big him up enough I, I think when i when i watched him uh before when we were linked with him and and when we eventually signed him all i could think about was how great a passer he was. And I was expecting these first time, you know, these curve balls over the top and and hitting the channels and and being fantastic. But the one thing that stuck out for me was was his determination in, in the tackling and the tracking back. And I thought he covered that 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 pitch so so incredibly well in that first kind of 30, 45 minutes when we were dominating the ball. And he reminded me of N'Golo Kante a lot, the way he was, you know, nipping around players' ankles and maybe the possession would be lost and he'd track back and grab it as well. And maybe he lost his way a little bit in the second half. We weren't pushing forward enough. We weren't passing forward. And that is what I expected of him. But tackling-wise and determination-wise... We have got a seriously, seriously good player on our hands in him. And it, and I said it to uh, the people I was with, seeing someone in midfield with that determination, you know, the last person I saw really like that was Moussa Dembele in a Fulham shirt. And so it's it's nice to have a player that you look at and I, I was excited about. And they, he got me up on, on my feet a, f- a few times, you know. So as far as the debutants were concerned, I thought he did himself you know, a lot of favors in that game. And it's obvious that he'll be starting every game, but yeah, he could, he could quickly become a real, real important player for us.
0: I I agree. And I got to say, I, if you think about the triangle, Tom, Siri and McDonald, I thought all three connected very well in this first game. I thought both Tom and McDonald uh, stepped up, did extremely great together. Uh, I was a little concerned about McDonald. I said in the last podcast, I really wanted him to make sure he had a a great game because he's gonna be one of those key factors in this 4-3-3, preventing that buildup and that breakaway. And I thought he he stuck his foot in, in a lot of places, right? He did get a card. He, you know, he knew he had to take that player down, professional foul, whatever you want to call it. But even Tom, you know, I was I was a little nervous about Tom. He made incredible passes, little quick passes through the middle taking it back outside to assess and 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 to Schuler. so i give kudos to those three Mac, who is your standout new signing or Loney that came in and you thought did an excellent excellent job
2: well uh first of all i hope um we all hope Joe Bryan gets better quick for someone who had a oh, day yes. and a half training, he was fantastic um Obviously, Aston Villa fans are using some blood magic as well to get him injured, which is not very nice to see. But I mean, what, what I really was impressed with, um, I was impressed with Schürrle. I thought schurrle Schürrle's link-up play with Christie was really lovely on the eye to begin with, but he ran out of gas quite quick, and yeah. he almost, but he almost scored a goal. I mean, if he was there a second quicker, that would have been one nil to us in the opening twenty twenty-five minutes. But what I will say is, I I've, I wanted. I was annoyed that Roy Hodgson turned the teams round because I wanted to see what the defence looked like first of all, first and foremost, closest to me. And I was really impressed with Callum Chambers. He, I mean, he wasn't fully there, but I've he has. I'm very, very reassured that him and Ream, or dare I say, Mawson, could make a very good partnership for us. And his ball control was fantastic, and I actually felt like he was a safe pair of hands that day.
0: So going to Schuler, uh, I, I loved. I saw him put in some great balls uh, across the goal. It was very sad that Metro and different ones couldn't connect, but I could see the thought process and I could see things happening. So I'm really happy that he was in. I agree, he did kind of run out of gas quickly. The big thing for Schuler though is got to be the P- penalty that we got to talk about. J Mac, did you think it was a penalty? At the time, no. But then I watched
2: a little show called Match of the Day and it definitely was a penalty. I mean, I think um, I, I think it was definitely, it was like a clear penalty when you actually look at it, but I can understand why Mike Dean didn't give it at the same time. It okay. was a very tricky. It's because it doesn't look like much when you, when it's, I, if you see what I mean, I, I think absolutely a penalty. And what's annoying about it is if that was given, it would have changed the game. It would have been one or and We probably could have pushed on for a draw. Or if not, maybe a second goal and make it 2-1. I don't know. I think the it's thing just... that
0: surprised me is Mike Dean is usually quick to give these things. Mm. And so I was surprised he just didn't.
2: I, I completely agree. He usually, he's usually makes calls uh, quite quick and rash in that regard. But I didn't think, at the time, I didn't think it was a penalty. I thought it looked quite soft because I was on the other end. But actually, now looking at it, it's God, it would be nice for some VAR. But, you know, that's what it <laughs>
1: doesn't. We can't do anything about it.
0: Mark, did you think it was a penalty?
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. And and what baffled me the most about it, like yeah, you can give it or you don't give it, but if he's not gonna give it, then you're suggesting that Sherla's dived. So right, where's exactly. the yellow card? Right, exactly. It, it's one That's or the really other. So I just I it just baffled me completely. I I didn't understand what was going through Mike Dean's head. I didn't think he had an incredible game. But that was the kind of the sticking point for me was you either give a penalty and if it's not a penalty, then surely you you think he's died for it. And then naturally you give a card for that. If you're not going to give a card, then what is going through his head? So, yeah, it's just another one of those decisions, you know, that you you wish could go the other way. And yeah, just just a shame, really, because when we all watched it back, obviously being in a hammy, it was so difficult. I had no idea it could have been anything and and I would have still shouted penalty. But um, (laughs) but yeah. I, I, I guess you just got to take, take it. So I will say, Hopefully we'll get those decisions coming our way in the next few weeks. But Yeah.
0: And I will say I did read where some people online uh, were saying, this is why we need the VR. And I say, absolutely not. I don't want it. Uh, I know this could have came back and they probably would have looked at it and said, yep, it's a penalty. But I'm telling you, I attend games at the MLS here, Atlanta United, and I've seen what it did in the World Cup. And I just want the game to move on. I don't think we need to be stopping every second, analyzing every little thing. I'd rather we keep moving on. So with that in mind, I want to know what you guys think the big difference was between the first half and the second half. What made us kind of all of a sudden just, to me, fall off the pace? At least that's what I was thinking. What do you guys think we could have done in the second half to change things? I'll start with you, Mark. What do you think?
1: Well, it, I don't think it was a case of needing to change anything. I think the team we put out there, you know, I think the the, the first thirty thirty five minutes showed me that you know this team can play football, and to the same degree that we were playing in the championship, you know, fluid passing. You know, Cessignon uh, was was working hard, and Schürrle was you know doing his best to cut in when he can. And so I think I think the the team itself was doing everything we 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 needed to do. But that, that goal just knocked it out of us. I really think it did. And and because we were so dominant in the first half and when when it went in, our, our heads just dropped. And I don't think it was a tactical thing that we needed to change as such. I just think we needed to, you know, focus a bit more and, and have a bit more of that, you know, spirit that, that we've grown accustomed to uh, in the second half of last season and, and just stick to our own game plan. I mean, Hodgson, what can you say? he knows exactly what he's doing he knows the club and and he's got a very very well drilled palace team out there you know none yes, of those players that none of those players that started were were brand new signings they were just they knew they knew exactly what they were doing they were they were drilled and and yeah i mean if we'd have changed it up and the scoreline had stayed the same we probably would be saying you know why what was the point in changing it so i wasn't overly uh, concerned at half time i thought you know stick to the game plan and we'll be okay but you know it wasn't meant to be
0: All right, I'm going to be moving on here. But before I do, J-Mac, is there any last thoughts about the Palace game? Uh, And more particularly, did you see anything out of Palace that made you think, wow, we're playing in the Premier League now, it's completely different than the championship? Much higher standard.
2: Well, yeah, absolutely. And the fact it goes, that goes hand in hand with what I was going to say about, you know, we got the stuffing knocked out of us as soon as they scored the first goal. And they were sitting back doing like a Roy Hodgson son, like a sort of just waiting for the counter every time. And then they stepped up a third gear, which we are not used to. It's a, it's the complete, it's, we've, we've realized what the Premier League is really like in the last, about uh, the last 45, like the later stages, forty five 45 minutes. And then as we progressed, we got more tired and they wanted to kill the game more. Um, unfortunately, on another day, I think we could have won. And on another day, they could have beaten us 4-0. It's it's strange. But you can actually see, I actually felt quite scared at one point. It was when Saha and Townsend were just, they missed the chance together of link-up play and they just smiled at each other, thinking like, we're going to get them. And it was just this sort of hyena-ish sort of quality. I was just like, oh God, they're, they're toying with us now. But yeah, I, I
0: could I could definitely notice the
2: what we've got to match now in quality.
0: All right, I'm going to move on. My last thoughts, though, on that game are a couple of things real quick. One is this, that Hennessy, he was like the game changer for me. He had some incredible saves. And if it weren't for him, I think we would have been up 2v1, especially if we'd have gotten the PK, the penalty our our, our way. I think that really would have changed the flow of the game and and how the game was being played. wasn't our day. That's all there is that we can say. All right, we're going to move on. For the listeners, if you didn't listen to our podcast last week, uh, shame on you. We are doing a quiz now every week, and the quiz is going to be with five questions where I will give these questions to our co host and they will think about it. And when we come back to the end of the podcast, we're going to come back to the quiz, giving you a chance to maybe Google the answers and cheat, and we'll see how well our uh, co-hosts do on the quiz. Now, this quiz is usually going to pertain to Fulham and its upcoming opponent, and how it ties back into Fulham. So let's start with the first question, guys. During the early part of the great escape season, we drew 3v3 with Spurs at the cottage, with Kamara scoring an outrageous overhead kick at the hammy end. Who was the Spurs goalkeeper that he lobbed in the process? So the the question is, in that game against uh, Spurs, Kamara scored an outrageous overhead kick in the hammy end, Who did he beat? And what was the goalkeeper he beat in the process? Second one. This is a odd one out. Pick the one that doesn't belong. Which of these former Fulham players did not score against us while they were playing for Spurs? Davies, Kajanson, Zamora, or Berbertoff? So again, which of these former Fulham players did not score against us while they were playing for Spurs? Davies, Kajansson, Zamora, and Berbertoff. Third question, true or false? Steed played more games for Fulham than he did for Spurs and Sunderland combined. True or false? Steed played more games for Fulham than he did for Spurs and Sunderland combined. Question four, name the season. Fulham upset the odds by beating Premier League side Spurs at the Cottage in the fourth round of the League Cup. Goals from Barry Hells Wayne Collins and Horsfield sealed the win, name the season. So one more time. Spurs at the cottage, fourth round. We beat them. Goals were from Hales, Collins, and Horsfield. Sealed the win, name the season. Who was the last player to score against Spurs? Who was the last? This is your fifth question. Who was the last Fulham player to score against Spurs? And again, Later on in the podcast, uh, for you listeners, we are going to answer those questions. We'll have the co-host answer first. Hopefully, you guys will be able to Google them, and you'll know the answers ahead of us. But moving on, I want to go into, more importantly, we know how we played against Palace. Looking at Spurs and how we're going to line up and play against them and what changes you guys think we should be making. So I want to start with you, Mark. Is there anything that you would change from Palace to Spurs as far as how we play or a player going into the next competition
1: i mean it, it all depends for me on on luke Bryan's injury to be honest um if he can play then then obviously i want him to start he was one of my standout players in, in the palace game so so hopefully he keeps his place um i don't like changing the team too much after the, the first couple of weeks and Obviously, we, we don't want to be... Um, our defence is quite thin at the moment. Uh, obviously, we've still got a doy suspended. This is his final game of his suspension after the red card in the final. I think um, that's Yeah, and obviously, uh, no more... no Well, no Tim Ream and, and no Alfie Mawson. Um, I think keeping the back five the same, if we can, with, with Brian's injury, obviously. If we can do that, I think that's sensible. Um, people may be asking whether Christie should lose his place because of you know, how uh, he wasn't fantastic in the uh, in the attack. But honestly, I, I think... in the so game. On, let's go Spurs, back to that um... real quick. So oh, yeah, Christy
0: not being uh, good in the attack, is that something you would agree with? Because I thought the opposite. I actually thought he got up there quite well and put some really tasty balls across the... the well,
1: the... I, I don't know. I, I thought you're right in the positioning aspect and I thought he, he, he did overlap well and he did everything he was told to. I don't think... I don't know, maybe this was just my impression watching it at, at the cottage. I just didn't see, you know, he put in the crosses. I didn't see the many real crosses, you know, really connect that well. I didn't see, it wasn't a fact of the Mitro getting on the end of it or, or Sessignon or whoever it may be. I I just didn't think they were, you know, either the timing of the crosses or the actual cross itself just wasn't on target maybe. You may have had a different uh, view of it watching it. But for me, I I, I just didn't like it going forward. I thought... It looked a little bit, you know, forced at times. Whereas last season we were used to kind of Fredo kind of getting to the byline and cutting it back. We kind of switched it up a little bit, which I don't know. I personally, I didn't think it worked that well. You may have a different thought on it.
0: Well, and that's the beauty of this, you know, it, it's all our opinions. That you know, this is just our opinions. It's not like we're professional analysts and we're gonna what we predict is gonna happen. But I liked actually Christy's strength. Uh, I thought him Kamara McDonald. Uh, metro uh, their strength at this level you know there were some really tough challenges bang on hard challenges and i loved how they weren't just taking it they were giving it so i thought it was a little different Uh, i loved actually there was one point where Christie comes back i think it was in the first half he really showed pace he came back and he stopped a ball coming into the center backs um so i personally i wouldn't mind seeing him start again yeah. J Mac. let me ask you this. When it came to the transfer window, if you look at the differences between us and Spurs, I know Spurs like to leave it late. We brought in 12. They brought in none. Do you think that's going to have any impact on how we play against them? Or do you think, you know, that just says Spurs, you, you've been playing well together. There's no reason to change. They're just going to dominate. I, I hate to sound negative, but I don't think it will make much difference. I mean,
2: I think <laughs> it's good I think it's good that we've got any of these players and I think Christie, to add to that, is a blunt Ryan Fredericks for now, but I reckon he will improve. The only thing that disappointed me was a bad pass that you get a late pass he gave to AK in the in the latest latest stage of the second half. But I think our secret weapon for, against Spurs could actually be Scott Parker. Um I think he might That's a good point. Give us a little bit of intel of what to expect and what we could do to really nullify them a little bit. and I, I think that's our secret weapon right there.
0: That's a really good point. Uh, you know, so if you look at, like I said, Spurs brought in zero when it came to their uh, window. But one of the positives that they did have, I think, was in their attack, and they play a four two three one, and in playing that four two three one, you know they're going to have more lines of both attacking and defending than we do. You know we get to tend to push everything up, and when we push everything up, our attack tends to be more on the arc with only our two center backs in the back. And I think that's where we get kind of caught. And this is where I've, again, KMac has got to be uh, essential in in defending that breakaway and that buildup. Do you guys think there's anything in Spurs, especially with their attack, that we should really be watching and and be ready to defend against? How about you, Mark? I'm sorry. Start with you.
1: (laughs) No, it's fine. Um, One player I've been really impressed with is Lucas Moura. Um, He kind of came into that Spurs side and, and didn't really have his own um, position, I think Humin Son had such a fantastic end to last season that it was difficult for him to get in that team. But watching him in pre season and against Newcastle, I thought he's quite an intelligent player, um, which I think is it's going to be difficult. You know, uh, obviously Deli Ali is always a threat, late runs into the box and and such. And we we played Spurs obviously in the um in the FA Cup. Uh, when Harry Kane got that hat-trick against us at the cottage. So so we know how they can hurt us. We know exactly you know, how that attack works. They're, they're quick passing. They create the space early. Uh, so it is just going to be a case of containing. You're right to point out, you know, K-Mac is going to be hugely important there, breaking up the uh, the play. And, and it'll be interesting to see um, if Johansson features, because I think that's probably one of Johansson's strengths is, is kind of gauging the, the right time to defend and the right time to turn it into attack. So maybe K Mac to start, and then maybe see Johansson come in uh, a little bit earlier than he did against Palace. Uh, and who knows? Maybe playing alongside uh, K Mac instead of replacing him. But I think that is where the game will be won in in that kind of midfield battle area. I'm I'm not holding out too much hope because Spurs are a very very dangerous team. I mean, make no mistakes; they didn't sign anyone. But you know, you don't. I don't think you always need to sign. They they got hammered for it for not signing anyone, but. Their team is very, very good. So it's very interesting. Excellent.
0: They they finished well last season. Precisely. Yeah. Yeah. So I I don't see, I agree. You know, there's not always a reason. If things aren't broken, don't change it. You know, it's that old age adage. So the one thing that they are going to be missing again is Son is off playing the Asian game. So Son is not going to be available for this game. So that makes you almost think, well, maybe this is a good time to be playing them. Uh, One of their key players isn't there. J-Mac, is there one player for Spurs that we need to be watching for? Or is there there a weakness that you think we can take around and dominate or or take advantage of? Christian Eriksen all day long. Like He needs to be stopped. (laughs) I think what we
2: need to do is possibly, I mean, it could actually be a moment. I think we might see him um, at least as a substitute of uh, Anguisa, maybe. Um, I think I said that right. Um, oh, did just, you see the rumor? Did no. you see
0: Real Madrid are after him? They, there's a what? chance, it sounds like. Listen, listen, this is what I read. I read and I've, i read it on several places. There's a good chance that Modric might be leaving. Uh, and if he departs, supposedly Real Madrid would be after Ericsson to replace him. So. Oh, I thought you meant Angus. I I thought you meant (laughs) Angus. No, 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 no. I thought I'll take $100 for him if they're
1: coming for him. (laughs) No, 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 no.
0: no. So, you know, maybe we'll get lucky. Maybe uh, Ericsson will depart and we won't have to deal with him at all. But that that is the rumor currently. And again, that goes back to what I said last podcast. It's a shame that all of Europe, including England, don't close the window at the same time because now Europe clubs come in and they poach off of other players. Still, you know, yeah, so another, sorry, yeah, go ahead.
2: I was just gonna say, another thing we potentially have in our favor is that Harry Kane has never scored a goal in August until now. <laughs> so, you know, it's just, a, I just feel like it's gonna be such a full and set. It's like, it's like the Sunderland home game again, you know what I mean? I mean, right. I hope somehow we can avoid that voodoo, but I mean, it is asking for it a little bit, but if, it, but that is on our side. If, 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 you know, superstition is actually a thing, that is, that is something to believe in. <laughs>
0: Okay. And, and, you know, for me, the positives are we're going back to Wembley. Okay. We were just there. Great result at Wembley for us. I don't see why we can't have another great result there. You know, I'm not saying that we're going to nick one away. I'd love if we would nick it and just take it all all. But I don't see any reason why the players should be going there and be scared of Spurs at all. I don't see a reason why we can't get like at least a tie and, and get a point out of this. Either one of you say anything different?
1: I mean, I, I'd love, I'd love us to go and you know get all three points or or get the draw. Um, it, it's one of those games where you know you, you just like the Palace game. We're so uncertain of how we're going to fare, and and I think we showed, like I said, we we showed good glimpses of of what we can do on 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 Saturday, but. It's so difficult to call at the moment. We obviously uh, think that this Fulham team are special, and and we know what they can achieve. We know what they can play like. So, you know, who's to say we can't go there and, and, you know, hold them out for the first half and then go ahead down the other end and and nick a goal, you know? I don't want to lose our record at Wembley, as I'm sure the team don't want to do it either. So, you know,
0: fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. So, J-Mac, that's going to bring me to let's talk about our lineup. Yeah. What do you think our lineup should be going against Spurs? And we're going to assume that uh, Slav is still going to stick with his
2: 4-3-3. I think he will stick with a 4-3-3. There is, there is an argument at some point in the future of this season, I'll bring up on another podcast another time, that we could go three at the back soon. Um, just by judging by the amount of centre-backs we have and allowing Scherler to play on the left, with, uh, uh, beside Mitrovic, with Sasson Young as a wing-back on the left. But we'll talk about that another time. I think we will remain pretty much the same, actually. I think Slav is very... We know what Slav's like with his, with his, when he picks his squad. He's very stubborn. I don't think he'll make much changes at all. In fact, I'm pretty sure that it'll actually be more or less exactly the same. I would personally maybe like to see Mensah start just to actually see how his speed is compared to uh, Christie's. Um, but perhaps, I mean, I could see M- Le Marchand being on the left as a left-back. Um but then I wouldn't actually know where we'd be for in the centre back to replace him with because Joe Bryan might still be injured, you see. What do you think, Mark?
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree with J Mac. I'd like to see Fossi Mensah, I really would, just because he's come with a lot of pedigree and, and a lot of you know, Man United fans were, were were excited, you know, that he could get the game time. So I would like to see him feature. I think I'll be good. Uh if if not for, for, for him, but also for all the fans especially, you know, to test him out against a, a very good Spurs side. But no, I agree. The four-three-three will stay, uh, and I think we will line up very similar to how we did against Palace. I can't see uh, any huge changes uh, unless, like we said, uh, that that Luke Bryan's injury is um, a bit heavier than than what we had uh, first anticipated. But you know, same same eleven, and and we've got to try. So <laughs> give so it. So for both got, of you,
0: really, the only change is if Bryan's injured, uh, dropping in Mansa. Other than that, you would stick with pretty much the same lineup. Yeah, back, is that so. right? yeah, pretty much.
2: I mean, okay. I, I put, I put LeMarchand as, le, as a left back and then I get another center back next to Callum Chambers, definitely. And I think actually Mensah can play at center back. So, yeah,
0: I think that that, that might actually happen. So I know a lot of people would take Christy out. I really would stick with the back four. I got a bad feeling Brian's going to be uh, out with a knock and I would drop Mensah back in there. Some people say, well, drop Siri or I'm, I'm sorry, drop Sess back there. He's, you know, he plays left back, but I'm not convinced right now, especially at this level that that's what he should be doing. I feel like we need somebody stronger back there and let him keep going up forward. And that's, even though a lot of people are saying, well, palace had him in his, in their pocket. Sess didn't really show anything to me. Sess did show several times that he could take on the player and he could beat him, and he put in some good balls, I thought. So I'm fine yeah. with Cess being in there. I, I don't think he needs to be taken off and somebody else put in there. Uh, I will Cesc- say I want to show. Sorry. Man. Oh, yeah, he's going to want to prove himself. He's, he's not going to want to back down and say, look, I can't do this. And I think that's what all the players are trying to do. They're all going to try and prove, look, I'm here, and I belong at this level. There's no reason for me not to be at this level. And that's the beauty of the way this team is right now. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Okay, if we're all going to kind of pretty much stick with the same lineup, I have to go back to uh, playing at Wembley. Do you think, because these players weren't really, a lot of them weren't really part of that Wembley team, do you think they're going to understand just how special it was being at Wembley? And do you think they'll be able to feed off that vibe? Uh, Now, hopefully, we will produce another white wall. Uh, That would be awesome if we could pull that one off again. Uh, But do you think they're going to get the same vibe and still play just as hard or, or play harder, actually, because they're oh, this is Wembley and very special to us.
2: Um, I personally think that they, we, I think, I hope, I really hope we do show the White Wall again, and I hope we all sort of recoll- like, remember the feelings that we had when we were there. But I think, I think honestly, it's a, it's a lot more of a neutral ground this this uh, season than it was for Spurs last season. Um, Spurs, this isn't really Spurs' home. They're going to go into this into the new toilet seat stadium very soon.
0: No, so, actually, I just read. Uh, on several websites, that supposedly—I didn't catch the amount—they made a secret payment to the FA so that they can stay there through the 2019 season because oh, they're worried the stadium won't be available. So uh. <laughs> I don't know how much. I wonder how much of that goes into uh, Khan's pocket. You know, as, as far as rent. Um, well, yeah,
2: maybe maybe the deals are even secretly done. You never know. Um, but I think we have, we have a fantastic opportunity to make Wembley just as much in our home that is as it is is theirs. And I I honestly actually believe we can get something out of this game. If a draw, if that, definitely.
0: Okay. So guys, I want to move on. And every week now when we do our preview of the uh, opposition that's coming up, we have a question that involves a player focus on Fulham. And that question we ask actually online, Twitter and Instagram. And this is where you guys are asked to turn on your football manager skills and think tactically what player is going to be key and pivotal for Fulham to get the good result or the result that Fulham need in the next opposition? So, again, which player is pivotal for Fulham to get a positive result in the next match? We want to think tactically and consider the opposition's strengths and weaknesses, et cetera, when considering your answer. So, Mark, like I said, what Fulham player do you think is key in the next game?
1: Well, uh, I, I said, you know, before um, Brian would be the one that I'd I'd say is the one we need to focus on. Maybe I'm just going to say in general, it will be the left back position because we're not sure, you know, if he'll come back in time for that. And and the reason I say that is because, you know, Spurs are a free flowing side. They like to, uh, they like to kind of you know draw you out onto the onto the wing, then whip the ball in and and Harry Kane or Deli Alley or whoever it may be to get on the end of it. So I think those channels are going to be really important. The reason I went with the left hand side is 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 twofold really. The first one being that that could be pivotal if Cessonion is forced to play there. Then it becomes a different game entirely. We're we're not still certain on on how well he'll adapt there, especially against you know quick wingers, where you know technically you know he's got to be quick on his feet on the turn and, and and make and put in some big tackles, you know. But but secondly, it's because like J Max said, Christian Eriksen is, is such a threat if you let him roam he will go wherever he wants to go and a lot of the time for him he'll drift out to that right hand side uh and and he'll try and cut in and and you know whipping a ball on on his left foot or try and send in a free kick from that side so i really think that's the kind of danger area you know being a um a defensive-minded player uh in my heyday you know i make it sound like i I, i'm any half a good footballer but i'm not um but as a defensive-minded player it it I always kind of look at that as as kind of the most important thing, and as much as we need to go out and score the goals, and we need to have a good you know a good forward presence uh, on Saturday, I really think that left hand side area could be hugely important, and uh, and hopefully we can get it sorted, and and Christian Eriksen doesn't just bully us all night, all day rather with uh, with those terrific through balls that he can conjure up.
0: All right, J Max. So same question to you. What would be your Fulham player that you think we need to focus on in order to get the result we want?
2: I think Mark's analysis was pretty, pretty perfect, and especially when he said about the left hand side. So I'll, I'll simplify it. I think Mitrovic, uh, Mitrovic had a handful of shots that he should have converted uh, a few days ago, and he'll know by hearing what everyone else is saying and also looking in the mirror that he needs to put those away, and also that everyone needs to get the ball to him quicker. That's what everyone's been saying. So I think Mitrovic has got a big point to prove in this match, and I honestly believe that he can probably actually step up for this one with the shots and convert them.
0: Okay, so for me, again, I'm going to go back to the defense. I really think Chambers is going to have to step up on this game, and the reason being is because Limachand just I don't know. He didn't super impress me in the last game. I'm not knocking him. I'm not saying he needs to be dropped. I know there aren't a lot of other options out there, and I still think he should be in the back four. But I think Chambers actually is going to have to have the better game. I think he's a stronger center back, and I think I could, I seriously see him sealing his position as being a center back for us in almost all lineups. And again. One of the things I'll go back to about him, and I think this is where he's, he's key as far as, uh, especially if he was playing with Reem, again, to the passes played that day against Palace, he was ranked 14th, and he had 73 passes out of the back that day. So for us, in the attack, getting the ball out quickly, I think he's going to be key, and that's going to be my player to focus on this week. Moving on real quick. I want to finish out with a quiz and then I want to talk about the fantasy league. So again, let's go back to the quiz. The first question again was during the early part of the great escape season, we drew three V three with the Spurs at the cottage. Kamara scored an incredible overhead kick in the hammy end. Who was the goalkeeper? J Mac, who do you think it was? I think it was Paul Robinson. Okay. Mark, who do you think it was?
1: I, I also think it was Paul
0: Robinson. I'm pretty sure. You're right, it was it Paul Robinson. Yeah. Odd one out, guys. Yeah. Moving on to question number two. Odd one out. Which of these former Fulham players did not score against us while they were playing for Spurs? Davies, Kajanson, Zamora, or Berbertoff. Your answer there, Mark, would be?
1: Uh, I'd probably go for
0: Zamora. Okay. And J Mac, what's your answer? uh berbatov berbatov so zamora is correct and the reason being is because he only oh, played yes. for Spurs one season davy scored twice against us kajorzin once and berbatov scored three times against us so moving on question number three this is true or false steed played more games for fulham than he did for spurs and sunderland combined Mac, true or false I'm 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 a bit stunned for this one, so I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna go with true. Mark,
1: um, altogether, I, I don't know. I'll go
0: false. So the answer is actually true. He played yeah. 211 games for Fulham, and only 208, not many, many less for the other two combined. So he did play more games for us. Number four, name that season. Fulham upset the odds by beating Premier League side Spurs at the Cottage in the fourth round of the League Cup. Goals were by Hells, Collins, Horsfield uh, to seal the win. Name the season. J-Mac, what season do you think it was? Uh, I, th- I think it was 03. I'm oh, oh, sorry, O three O four. Okay. Mark?
1: Oh, I could be further out than I thought. I was going to say... Even I was going to say ninety-eight, ninety-nine, or ninety-nine, two thousand. Uh, I'll go ninety-nine, two thousand because it's closer to G, man.
0: Okay, you got it right. It was actually ninety-nine <laughs> to two thousand. Oh, yeah. oh, and we lost to Lassiter City in the quarterfinals, live on TV that season. We lost a penalty shootout, three to zero, having missed all three of our penalties. So again, Fulham shows we do not have a good track history when it comes to penalties. Question number five. Who was the last player, Fulham player, to score against Spurs? You can choose Deha, Berbatov, Sidwell, or Tom. Who is your answer there, Mark? Uh, I'm going to go with Steve Sidwell. Okay. And, J-Mac, what do you got? Oh, Steve Sidwell, definitely. Okay. You're actually both correct in this, and the reason being (laughs) is because he was the last player – actually score uh, for us against spurs in the 23-2014 season when we were getting relegated but daha and Bervatov have both scored against Fulham and spurs carney hasn't scored yet against them at all so i don't think that's going to hold i think he will get us a, a, a goal here I, I do think he will be the one that maybe can nick us a goal and i think that streak's going to come to an end so let's do it tom all right. Last thing I want to do, guys, I want to talk about our fantasy league. For those of you who have not joined, uh, can, can people still join in the fantasy league? Or is Yeah, it, definitely. You know, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So if you haven't joined and you want to join us, I'm going to give you the number here for our personal league in the fantasy league. And of course, this is at fantasy.premierleague.com. Okay. And our personal number is 792968 dash one seven six six nine four again real quickly seven nine two nine six eight dash one seven six six nine four and again and that's at fantasy.premierleague.com jmac or, or mark let me ask you how did you finish in this uh, competition i i was a hundred you, you you're a hundred yeah i'm, I'm oh actually tied with several people at a hundred i was i was surprised very surprised yeah
1: I didn't have the best of weeks. I think I got about. I think I got fifty, maybe, maybe just less, forty-nine. No,
0: no, no, not points. That's where I stand. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Plus, <laughs> if I had hundred, points, I'd I was paying. like, "You must be, I'd be very,
1: you must be doing great." Um, I, I, I'm not too sure. I guess fifty-nine points. I, th- I think I must be. I, I don't know. We've got quite a few people in there now, so I think I'm. You know, I don't think well, I'm in the top hundred yet.
0: That that was with me having sixty-two points.
1: Yeah, so I'd say I'm probably like, you know, around the, between 100 and 150, I'd be happy with that. J-Mac, do you know how you did? Yeah, I
2: got 44. And the reason being, uh, it was really annoying. I, I put Ruben Neves off and he scored 12 points. Uh, and I, I, it was such a mistake. And if Sané hadn't come on as a sub for City, Neves would have replaced him. But Sané had to come on in the 94th minute and just get one point for me. So it ruined everything. So yeah, really, really bad week.
0: So I'm not going to lie to you guys. Uh, when Fulham dropped down to the championship, I spent all my time paying attention to the championship. And I really have not paid any attention these last couple of years to the premier league, hardly at all. So I got my son, my, my 17 year old son who is way into all this stuff. He picked my team for me. And that's why I am at uh, ranked a hundred tied with all those guys. I will not lie. Okay. Well, moving on. When it comes to the uh, the fantasy league, let me ask you this, J Mac: Have you got any tips for anybody out there who needs to get better points or more points on their board?
2: Yeah, um, I was tipped this guy, and he did really well for Leicester It's there If he's their left back um, or maybe right back, he's definitely a full back, and his name's uh, Pereira. Um, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, and he is just a um, serial assistant and i uh, he he's definitely one to have uh, so it's lester lester fullback uh, p e r e i r a yeah Pier, pierre i think his name is and he he's he's done the business for me this week he's go, he's going to be good and he's actually he's going to be against i think it's i think it's wolves next yeah yeah wolves at home he'll he'll definitely do a lot of assisting
0: i do know um there was a player off of the wolves that everybody was uh saying is like the number one transfer right now um nevis so i don't know if that's a good tip or not but that is supposedly the number one transfer currently uh in the league mark have you got a good tip for everybody
1: um yeah well well i had this tip in mind when i was watching um uh, i was watching their match um this player is from Bournemouth and uh, frustratingly enough I think it was Alan Shearer on match of the day decided he would sing his praises for the whole day uh, which has kind of ruined my tip a little bit but it's it's Ryan Fraser he, I think he's come on a lot in the last week he's a midfield player, I think he's only priced yeah. at 5 or 5.5 million but the movement off the ball uh, you know, the ability to get into the box I think he'll have a really, really good season and, and I kind of watched him a lot last year and, and I was always paying attention to him and, and he showed glimpses of how good he could be and I think this year he could really kick on I think he could be a bit of a dark horse and so I definitely reckon to to put him into the team this week they've got a West Ham away I believe uh and you know after conceding four goals they'll be looking to kind of be a bit more uh strong in defense but you never know West Ham could have uh it could just be a, a very leaky back line and and hopefully Fraser will you know uh stick a goal in the net like he did last week so that's my
0: tip okay so I currently don't have a tip for you guys. Um, again, I will do a better job next week and see if I can't find somebody that I would highly recommend. But before I do, I will consult my son, who seems to be a better expert than I am when it comes to the Premier League. <laughs> J-Mac and Mark, I want to thank you both for joining me on this podcast. Uh, listening to both of you, I can tell you definitely have your hearts on your sleeve and you love Fulham and you want us to do well. And I really do think we're all in agreement that, you know, there's a lot of positives to take out of our first game, and it's not all just grim and, and, and awful looking. So I really do think we're going to have a decent season. Uh, not to put you both of you on the spot, but after the first game, I know we didn't have the best result. Where do you think we might land in the table, J-Mac? Come the end of the season, I think. That's the question, right, at the end of the season? Yeah, well, just well, where do you think we'll end, yeah.
2: end up? I think I think it'll be I think we'll be a nice twelve between twelfth and fourteenth place. Um, I don't think we're going down. I can even after the first game I can see three te- I've watched all the highlights of the other games. I can see three teams worse off than us. And obviously things can change, it's only the first game. But with what the signings we've made and the fact that we we're not we're not an oven baked Premier League side yet. But we have so much quality there to be that. And I really believe that we probably will definitely be mid-table this season.
0: I love the I love the positivity. I I, I really do. Mark, how you think?
1: Yeah, well, um, I've got a few wagers with with quite a number of well, a worrying number of friends now that that will finish fifteenth or above, and a lot of people have bet me that we won't. So I will take anything above from fifteenth and above right now because then I'll be in the money. I, I I'd say fourteenth. Like J Max said, anything above fourteenth, I'll be happy with. But realistically if if the season carries on um like it did against crystal palace we, we've shown enough uh, that i think we won't be struggling for relegation so yeah i'm gonna say
0: 14th and i agree i i think we showed plenty i don't think we're going to be anywhere in the relegation zone we're fighting to be able to stay up so with that gentlemen i do want to remind our readers check out our website fulhamfocus.com. we have our latest q a out with paul watson he actually was part of the famous Mickey Adams promotion team. Also, you'll probably be listening to this on Tuesday when the show goes live. And John Clark has written an On This Day article looking back to the victory over Man City at the beginning of the Keegan promotion season. At the time, it was a huge thing because Man City were the big favorites to win the league, having just been relegated back to uh, from the premiership. So check this out. Check out our other things like our quizzes that Dave does. And I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast and will join us next time. Once again, this is Fulham Focus. Thank you so much.